Welcome to Millennial 622. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And joining us this week is Mark. Welcome back, Mark. Hello, everyone. Hi, Mark. It's good to have you. Um, Pam is sick this week, so unfortunately, we don't have her, um, but... Mark is always a great stand-in. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Yep, anytime. Mark is podcasting from Laura's father's radio studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks pretty sick, doesn't it? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Got a lava uh, lamp back there. I was just going to comment on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> just noticed that. Mark, how are the nightly uh, glasses of bourbon going with Mr. T? Pretty good. I mean, they're pretty yeah. tasty. Been tasting a lot. I mean, I, I usually wasn't really a, a bourbon drinker. Like, I would have whiskey every now and again. I was more of a rum guy, but like, he's from some pretty good bourbon. Like, Michter's is really good. Wow. Really, so you're really becoming good. a bourbon expert. Yeah, to like there's, I've, I've under, now I know that I, I prefer rise over regular uh, bourbons, which I would have never even knew what that meant a couple months ago. So I have to spend a week with you guys because I, I drink bourbon and I couldn't tell you the difference mm-hmm. between rise and the other types. Please do. My dad would love it. Oh, he would. Yeah, he <laughs> he'd would, have he'd two drinking that. buddies. I would love to hang out with Dan T. And of course, you too. <laughs> Mark, we wanted to check in. Um, you know, a lot of People have reached out and asked about you and just generally wondered how you're doing with, you know, everything that is this shit show. It's been mm. a while since we had you on. So thought we could do a little touch base and yeah. let the folks at home know how you are. As you filled everybody in on the whole, you know, Mark Condo deciding to rain inside and uh, a bunch of water damage. That's been fun. We've been not there for like what? Two months now? A little under two months. Yeah. Two months, yeah, roughly. So there was that. The second half of my semester was online. So that was very interesting because we all our teachers went from meeting in class and then like overnight they had to just learn how to have the rest of the class online. And some professors were not good at that at all. <laughs> so, but I mean, but I finished. That's good. Oh, nice. How's that been going for you as a student? Has that been okay? I mean, you're very techy anyway. Yeah. So for for this major, for the the game design and coding major or pro, or computer science, you use a lot of online resources anyway. So it didn't really change that much. But there are some teachers that it, you can tell they're really struggling. Like, like just now I'm taking summer classes to try to get ahead because I don't know what my last year is going to look like with this whole mm-hmm. thing going on. Mm-hmm. And just last week, one of my professors just canceled uh, one of the projects we had. So he was like, yeah, looking it over, I realized that it's going to be kind of hard for you guys to do this project all online. So it's just canceled. I'll think of something else. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Poe in the Discord wants to know um, if you've always had the beard, if it's a COVID beard or an our apartment got destroyed beard. Uh, I have always had it. Well, I've had it for the past, like, what, two years now? Mm-hmm. Two-ish years. But it's probably gotten a little bit longer because of all that stuff. Like, yep. I, after all this, I'm probably going to look like the dude from uh, Castaway. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> Wilson. Wilson. There was that. You don't mind it, uh, Laura? Kissing no. That, the beard? No, no, no. I prefer no? it. Oh, okay. I start getting complaints if I don't shave after, like, five days. You got to put beard oil in it, man. Makes it nice and smooth. It's I mean, soft. if you shave yeah. it all the way down and then it starts growing, it's going to be stubbly. And that mm-hmm. is uncomfortable. But when it's fully grown out, soft. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's that. And then also the, you know, tragically E3 was canceled. So my entire hashtag send to E3 just got shot down 
And I bought you the badge. I know. I paid like 500 bucks for that. I know. Can you get a refund? Looks like we're just going to have to shoot for next year. <laughs> <laughs> do you, be honest, do you, did you throw out that badge that I made oh, you no. for Christmas? No, no, no. Oh, I mean, okay, it's, it's packed up now because everything in the office got packed up, but it was, it was at my desk. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you kept it. I, I'm not sure I would have done the same. <laughs> oh, geez. Thanks. Andrew would have been like, fuck you. <laughs> no, not because not of like it coming from Mark. I just mean like it was a shitty arts and craft project that I put together and I wasn't crazy proud I mean, it, of was, it. it was cool but, it, was, it was a story piece if anybody ever saw it they're like what's that and i'm like oh let me tell you and then you, well, know. you know i i think you could also compare it to like you know for those of you who have children like your kids macaroni art like wow you you know it you it matters because it came from someone that you care about i mean there and wasn't cares about you there wasn't any macaroni on it but you know <laughs> i should have <laughs> We should have put E3 in macaroni. This Christmas, <laughs> E3 2021 pass with macaroni on it. <laughs> and actually, Mark, you were going to be on this week to talk about something that we've had several conversations about. Um, we really want to make sure that Pam can be a part of it. So we're holding it for next week. You're going to be t- returning next week. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to give us a little bit of a sneak peek as to what um, we'll be having a conversation about? Oh, yeah, totally. Um the main thing I want to talk about is I see a lot now, especially with everything going on, you know, be it the Black Lives Matter movement or the JK Rowling tweets is there's a lot of uh, instances of people calling other people out online, which I definitely think has its place. But we're going to talk about kind of strategies you can use and situations you can be on the lookout for to make sure that the conversations you're starting have the appropriate effect for whatever um, cause you're behind. Like you want to make sure that it has a positive, you net positive for whatever, whatever, whatever it is you're trying to do. So basically just asking yourself like, okay, what is my purpose of doing this? Right. Mm-hmm. To kind of just navigate that a little bit. Cause they're, they're cause it's, it's all over the place now because you know, one people are quarantined, right? Like this is kind of how they get their quote unquote social interaction. You're not seeing people face to face anymore that often. So just kind of diving more into that and kind of, you know, dissecting, you know, what does it mean to call somebody out? Like what kind of, what, what different ways do we do that? You know, when is it justified? When is it, you know, when does it not really matter in terms of the person you're talking to? When, when does it really matter? Questions like that. Looking forward to it. So uh, there's this thread that went viral on Twitter a couple days ago. I thought we could bring it up because it's, it's in our lane. Um, a millennial went on TikTok and she found a, Gen Z TikTok, and she went looking in the comments, and the Gen Zers were coming for the millennials big time. I thought I'd read a few of these, and we can discuss if they're accurate or not. So Gen Zers, just to remind everybody, they are the generation younger than millennials. They are currently aged 8 to 23, which is a pretty wide range. And of course, all these kids are on TikTok right now. So here's some of the comments that Gen Zers were saying about millennials they be 34 talking about, I'm a Hufflepuff. Like, grow up and do a line of Coke already. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so true. So here's here's the question. If there was a house that was predisposed to do Coke, would it be Hufflepuffs? <laughs> like, I, I would assume that'd be like a, a Slytherin thing, maybe. Or maybe yeah. a Gryffindor kind of thing. Like, you need to be... Brave, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
Hmm. See, this is what the Gen Zers are talking about. We take Harry Potter way too seriously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what house would do coke? <laughs> uh, somebody also commented, they say doggo. I agree with this one. I know, yeah. buddy, mm-hmm. I know somebody who says doggo, and I don't get it. Why do you say doggo, D-O-G-G-O, referring to a dog? Because it's cute. Yeah. Is it? I think yeah. it's, a, it's a Reddit thing, right? Like, yeah. Because Reddit, Reddit. Oh. basically named different dog sizes. So, like, there's a doggo and a pupper for, like, a smaller dog. I forget mm. what the other ones are. It's just that we usually shorten words, and this is one of those rare examples where the word is getting longer. And well, I don't like it. I think it's a form of endearment because like dogs are so pure. You know what I mean? That you're just like, oh, OK. So like you're like, oh, a doggo. Uh, somebody also said they're talking like BuzzFeed knows their favorite wine. <laughs> mm. I don't I will... agree with. I think there are some people who do. I mm-hmm. Yes. But I think this is part of a larger issue that people put a lot of stock in BuzzFeed quizzes and mm-hmm. take a lot of BuzzFeed quizzes. And they take them because they think they might actually learn something about themselves, like their favorite wine. Or... Well, we've done that here on the show, too, so we can't talk. I guess. This is bad <laughs> news, though, for BuzzFeed. If the Gen Zers don't like BuzzFeed quizzes, what's BuzzFeed going to do? That's like half their business. Um, the Gen Zers also pointed out that people still say adulting. And this one hits yep. close to home because our mm-hmm. tagline is pretend adulting real talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? I loved all of this. I very much welcome the Gen Z roasting. There are plenty Mm -hmm. of things about millennials that are roast worthy. And this is one of them. Yeah. Here's another one that cracks me up. (laughs) They're worried about their Harry Potter house, but they live in a one bedroom apartment. Y'all worried (laughs) about the wrong houses. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably true. (laughs) Yep. And finally, we get it. You're a 90s kid. Again, BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. You know what? 90s kids are great. Okay. Get it, Laura. That's something that they would definitely call you out on. <laughs> <laughs> I love being a 90s kid. Not ashamed of it. I welcome more of this because I want us I want us to be called out on our yeah. shit because we probably don't even realize how horrible we are. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Sony announced the PlayStation 5 the other day. Yes, they did. It's a big did, deal. Man. Yeah, they had a lot of really good game trailers. I'm really excited for the Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales Same. Game. Looks mm-hmm. great. Did you play the Spider-Man game? 31? Yes. We spoke about this on Millennial actually a little while or a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just downloaded the DLCs. I hadn't ah. had those. They were on sale the other day, so I grabbed them. But I, yeah. I still remember you talked about platinuming the game mm-hmm. here on the show. I'm not close to that, but I'm pretty yeah. far. Yeah, it's it, they're pretty like the game's pretty fun and uh there was a lot of confusion uh going around the PlayStation community because like I think it was Sony said that this was an expansion on the Spider-Man like that my, the Miles Morales game was an expansion on the Spider-Man game and then Insomniac the studio that makes it came out and said that it's a standalone game. So like yeah. apparently it's just a sta- it's just a standalone game, but I think the difference was this is not Spider Man Two. Spider Man Two is still being developed. Yeah. Oh, so like this, interesting. Huh. Yeah. So this is this is a side game to explain Miles kind of coming into his own and like you know accepting the role as being a Spider Man and blah 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 blah. So then when Spider Man Two comes out, Miles is already like he'll be in there. And they don't have to waste any time trying to fill out his character because he already had a whole oh. game to do that 
Okay. You know? Well, I'm still excited because that first Spider-Man game was so damn good. And then, of course, oh, yeah. after Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. which that starred Miles, right? Or, oh, yeah. That, he well, was the main person. Mm-hmm. Main, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody's extra high on Miles right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody loved that movie. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Also, and I think I've recommended this on the show before, Horizon Zero Dawn, they announced the mm-hmm. sequel, Horizon Forbidden West or something like that. Yeah, that looked really cool, too. It, yeah. it looked, there's a lot more like you can see more architecture, you know, because like there was there was definitely like ruins in Horizon Zero Dawn, but it was very it was very nature based. There was yes. nature everywhere. So now like you can see like full blown cities, you know, that yes. are just, you know, it was it looked really cool. There was that there was a Resident Evil 8, which looks great. That mm. looked awesome. Um, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I think it was called Split Dimension or something dimensions or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that looked really cool. There looked like a lot of cool games. One thing that was kind of interesting is no price announcement. So, yeah, released, yeah. a little worrying. Yeah, <laughs> they released two different versions, or they show two different versions: one with a disc tray, and one without a disc tray. People are saying the one with a disc tray is going to be more expensive, and that will be the backwards compatible model that can actually play all your PS4 oh, games. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I was also thinking it could be just as expensive as the one with the disc drive, if not more, because there's probably more hard drive space in there. It, exactly. And more storage would be more expensive. Mm-hmm, so, exactly. But- and like, it, it, that, that's how they did it with the PS3. I think the PS3, um, there was a specific version that had a well i guess all the ps3s had a disk drive but there was a specific one that actually had ps2 and ps1 hardware in it and that one was that one was super expensive so i don't know the what the price point is going to be but i would assume that would be the more expensive model just because it has that extra hardware in it like you said and people will get the value of keeping all their ps4 games it is going to be out later this year right that's what's Mm -hmm, expected at least yeah all like 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 uh spider-man's coming out holiday holiday right. this year so yeah like, i would assume like november assume it's gonna, yeah probably Ish. i mean if i had to guess i'd say sometime around black friday that would be the if, if i had to guess when right. they're going to make the most money by yeah. releasing it well i'm excited mainly for spider-man miles morales and uh horizon forbidden west mm-hmm. um so yeah i guess we'll, yeah, we'll keep an great. eye on it yeah yeah the summer game announcements are coming so even though e3 isn't happening they're still just slowly trickling out so i assume xbox will have some something probably next month or something yeah and know. i want nintendo too i mean they got i i what are their holiday games we don't know yet mm-hmm. i want i want uh i want breath of the wild too i don't mm-hmm. think that'll be out till next year but yeah probably you know. that's that's probably gonna be 2021 i mean they they had a trailer last year for yeah, it so right yeah little teaser mm-hmm. trailer I just want to know how much money we're going to have to spend this holiday season. That's what I'm most interested in. Because, like, I'm already in, right? Oh, yeah. Like, obviously, we're getting the PS5. But I'm just like, for the love of God, Sony, just fucking tell me how much money we have to spend. Yeah, because Take like, my money. And they're so smart because they, they know how how many, like, loyal followers Marvel has. And they already knocked it out of the park last year year or two years ago whenever that was for the first spider-man game because that game did very well like critically sales everything it was like tens and nines all over the place so 
they led the first new announcement was that Spider-Man Miles Morales game. So that's when people saw that, like I was watching it live on Twitch and the entire chat was like, sold, 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 sold. <laughs> like I'm buying one, I'm buying one. I'm like, yeah, like all you need is that, like for every new system, all you need is that one big game. Like, hey, here it is. Like if they came out with a new Switch, which they're not going to do that for a while probably, but say they came out with the Switch 2, if they announced like, a brand new Mario game, like a new, like a sequel to Mario Sunshine or something, or like oh yeah, you know, everybody Breath of the would Wild Two buy it, yeah, yeah, people buy it immediately. Mm-hmm. So they're smart, yeah. like they they got their they got they got they got their gotcha game. All right, so um, also just wanted to touch on the the J.K. Rowling debacle. We're not going to get into it today, um, but we got into it for close to two hours on the latest episode of MuggleCast. I'm referring to J.K. Rowling's letter. I know we spoke about her tweets on the last episode of Millennial. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, tune into that episode of MuggleCast. We had Dr. Sarah Steelman on again. She did a great job explaining everything. I've been really uh, pleased by all the feedback. Um, Not everybody agrees with us, of course, but we expected that. We're trying to help Mm -hmm. we're trying to make people understand our perspective um but yeah i I think at this point i'm ready to just move on from this whole ordeal you know (laughs) we've been talking about it a lot and thinking about it a lot and jk rowling has clearly moved on too because she's back to retweeting photos of uh children's ichabog illustrations i wouldn't know i unfollowed her i just heard about it through somebody else Right, but, um, I saw it reported in our uh, MuggleCast patrons Facebook group. Yes, that's where I saw it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling returns to Twitter. <laughs> there is some some new news related to um, the latest polling between Biden and Trump. So, looking at a national average of multiple national election polls. Biden is up on Trump by about 9%. There are some of these polls that have him up by as much as 13 points. Some of them that have him up by as much as eight. Um, Some of these polls aren't the best. Like the CNN poll has a margin of error of almost 4%, which to me is kind of like throw that out because that's a very large margin of error. Yeah. But some of these other ones like RMG Research, Morning Consult have much smaller margins of error on them. So I think there is something to it, hmm. um, to thinking that Biden might have a significant lead on Trump. That said, remember this time four years ago when everybody thought Hillary was going to have it in the bag? Let's right. not do that this time. Right. We are <laughs> unfortunately... Just- Yes. Still five months away from the election, and a lot Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There will be an October surprise in there, just like there was last time. Fucking yeah. James Comey. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've also seen a poll that evangelicals are dropping out from supporting Trump, and that's really big. He really mm-hmm. needs them, and that's why he marched over to the church across the street from the White House and held up the Bible like he's doing what he can, you know, and during during coronavirus, which is still going on, of course, but Mm -hmm. a month or two ago, he was like, it's time to reopen the churches. It's time to reopen. the Like he's all about the evangelicals. And if he's losing them, that's another big problem. And that's why, I mean, you had Stephen Miller within the last couple of weeks saying that we can't afford to close the economy down again, even like no matter how bad this gets. It's because they know Probably the one issue Trump could actually lose on is the economy. Mm-hmm. All of this other stuff, his social gaffes, his racism, his being a rapist, xenophobic, like none of that is going to be what tanks him. Yeah. It would be the economy. 
and I'll talk about this more in a little bit, but they also can't go back to encouraging quarantine. You know, Trump is ready to move on. He thinks Mm -hmm. coronavirus is over, even though we Mm -hmm. have crazy high numbers of new cases every day. And in some states, it's really bad. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But they're not going back. We're transitioning to greatness, as Trump keeps saying. We are reopening America. That's what he wants right now, because he needs to save the economy. And to go back, it's going to set us back to where we were in February, early March. Well, also speaking of the Trump administration, uh, last Friday, um, the Trump administration revoked um, certain Obama era Affordable Health or Affordable Care Act regulations that protected transgender and abortion health protections for for trans people and people who've had abortions. Um, This happened on the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, um, which is, in my opinion, not a coincidence deeply fucked up yeah um in some better news however the supreme court actually ruled six to three that you can't fire somebody for being lgbt (laughs) this this, look it was really great news it's like well we should have had this a long time ago but Mm -hmm. in this political climate with these judges this was not expected yeah uh, and the interesting thing was that Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion. Gorsuch, of course, is a conservative judge who sided with the liberal justices. Um, My head's exploding. Yeah. And uh, Kavanaugh wrote the minority opinion, which I don't know if you read this, Andrew, but there was one part of it where he talked about tomatoes. And <laughs> what? Are we tomatoes now? Are the gays tomatoes? <laughs> well, I, I think he was specifically talking about trans people, but he was like, Uh-oh. you have to consider something along the line. It was something along the lines of like official definitions versus like commonly accepted definitions. So he was like, for example, we all know intellectually that the tomato is a fruit, but we socially accept it as a vegetable. Oh, and my I, God. Was, I was like, so how is that? <laughs> how how is that analogy operating in your favor right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, it seems to be hurting his case. Right. <laughs> I read an opinion piece in the New York Times. I wanted to highlight a couple passages. The phrase but Gorsuch is shorthand for how conservatives justify all the moral compromises they've made in supporting Trump. Controlling the Supreme Court makes it all worth it. So there's a special sweetness in Gorsuch spearheading the most important LGBT rights decision since the 2015 ruling, which established a constitutional right to same-sex marriage. The fact that this momentous ruling was was written by a right-wing judge sends a message that progress on LGBT rights will be very hard to reverse. If you've lost Gorsuch, what are you going to do? You're running out of options, social conservatives. Sorry. And uh, somebody pointed out on Twitter also that uh, Gorsuch has been a better ally than JKR this week. Oof, a little too true. Yeah, hurts a little bit. I also just wanted to touch on uh, our wonderful home state of Georgia, mine and Mark's, uh, making headlines last week, not for a good reason. uh, But last Tuesday was our state primary. And that particular election day was even worse than 2018 in terms of voter suppression efforts. Of course, in primarily and heavily black counties like Fulton County, DeKalb, um, 
there was lack of access to voting machines, which resulted in many people in those areas having to wait multiple hours in line in order to vote. I personally knew several people whose absentee ballots did not arrive by Election Day. Um, So they ended up turning out to vote because they weren't going to let that be taken away from them. But as a result, some of these people ended up waiting five to six hours in line because there weren't enough machines. Um, I was fortunate because I did receive my absentee ballot, so I didn't have to haul out and do that. Mm-hmm. But Mark had to go turn out. He had to drive way the hell oh, down really? to mm-hmm. where his polling place is because, of course, can't vote up here. Um, so it's just it's all a mess. Um, there was also some some kerfuffle surrounding like provisional ballots, um, like people checking their registration the day before the election. And then when they check it the day of, all of a sudden they're not registered anymore, which is a common problem here. Mm. Um, This is something that Brian Kemp did when he was secretary of the state of Georgia. He um, purposefully uh, purged hundreds of thousands of voters, mostly black, from the rolls. And it keeps happening. So Georgia is definitely a state to watch. Um, It's also a state that gives us an idea of what this November could look like when it comes to the new voting machines, because apparently the way they work now, and maybe you can help me out with this, Mark, you like go and vote on a machine, but then it prints out a page Mm -hmm. that shows you how you voted. Yep. And then you put that then you put that piece of paper in this like scanning device. And then it that that is you officially voting basically and like they're very they're very at least where i went they made sure to tell me to look at it like make sure that what's on the paper is what you picked on the machine which i mean makes sense yeah yeah i did that too in chicago there was a screen Mm -hmm. filled it all out printed out my answers then i submitted it which i liked how long did you have to wait in line mark actually not that yeah not that long at all because uh the county that i'm registered to vote in basically they opened up a bunch of other polling locations. Mm. So usually there's this one place I always like it's just where my where my address is um uh zoned. I always go there, but like I there were just so many other places and all those places had like okay lines that when I got to mine, I literally got out of my car, walked in, I saw one person standing outside. So I was waiting behind that person for a while. Then I realized they're on the they were just on the phone. So I like I, you know, hey, excuse me, are you are you voting? Are you done? She said, oh, I'm done. I was just out here. I'm sorry. And I walked in and there was like one dude in the back on a voting machine. And that's it. I just oh. did my thing. And that was it. So wow. nice. yeah, the, the primary issues were with the three counties that mm-hmm. sort of encapsulate the Atlanta metro area. Yeah, exactly. Like in, okay. in the city, it was a it, it was no. a shit show. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. not not good. And it makes sense with the paper thing, too, because now there's an actual paper trail. There's yeah, like which physical, is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, there's physical paper showing how you voted just in case anything happens with the computers. All right. Before we continue with today's episode, I want to tell you about this week's sponsor. We love talking about tools on the show that help save you time in your workflow or help you do things you've never been able to do before so you can get more done and look talented as hell. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor, Issue, another tool to help you in your job. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital publications from brochures to magazines to sales collateral and more. 
It's perfect for creators, marketers, designers, educators, publishers, salespeople, or anyone that wants to make eye-catching content without being an expert at doing so. And Issue makes it easy. Simply upload your PDFs and files, and Issue transforms them using your vision and customizable templates to create the content you want. Suddenly, you'll look like a design expert. With Issue, you create it once and distribute it everywhere. Everything is optimized to post on your website and social platforms like Instagram and Facebook. They can even help you make animated Instagram stories. And of course, all the content will look great on desktop and mobile devices. We here at Millennial know how frustrating it can be to prepare content for multiple platforms. Just think about how we have to prepare content for a bunch of social media platforms. I also run into this issue with Hypable. There are so many devices that you need to prepare for these days, but Issue can take care of all of the tedious work. Plus, Issue is used by millions of people to discover new content, so you'll even reach more readers once you publish the issue. They even have SEO tools so that your content can be discovered via Google. Best of all, it's free to get started with Issue. Go to issue, that's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash M-I-L-L to sign up for your free account. Make your content the best it can be and make it easy for everyone to access, no matter how they're trying to view it. That's I-S-S-U-U dot info slash M-I-L-L to sign up and let them know you heard about it from our show. Remember, that's dot info, not dot com. Go to issue dot info slash M-I-L-L to set up your free account today. Turning back to some quarantine talk, obviously, this has been a once in a lifetime event for everybody. We're changed in some ways. Hopefully, it's going okay for most people. People have been losing their jobs. People have been staying home more. People have been reconnecting with people. Vox decided to ask their readers how the quarantine has permanently changed them. And I thought we could go through these and discuss if quarantine and coronavirus have permanently changed us in any way, if any. Number one, reducing consumerism. That has changed for a lot of people. According to Vox, people want to spend less money shopping for new material goods like gadgets and clothes. Do you guys feel this way? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I've, I feel like you too, babe, like we've both been able to save mm-hmm. so much money during this because like, do I need to buy new clothes right now? No, I'm not going anywhere. Fuck yeah. no. Especially not clothes. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is I actually have bought a bunch of new gadgets, I would say, but they're all things that I only bought because I've been saving so much money. Like, mm. like, you know, there's been certain things like, you know, a better, you know, LAN adapter for my Switch or like nothing huge. Like these things are like, you know, 20 bucks, maybe the most expensive thing I've bought so far has been my uh, capture card. So I can like start getting ready to figure out how to stream and stuff like that. But these aren't like breaking my bank because, you know, I haven't been spending money on anything. Like we don't get takeout anymore. So I swear. And I think I've brought this up on the show. We've been getting takeout more. Really? I think it just stems from being inside more, wanting to get the outside, the going out experience back Mm -hmm. here. And like it's it's the whole coronavirus experience has been sad. You know, we've mm-hmm. all been a little extra depressed mm-hmm. and we want to brighten our days. And for me, that's ordering out from places that I really like. I, I'm, mm-hmm. We're probably eating out more than ever right now. <laughs> but sometimes we try to go to pick it up so we don't have to spend money, you know, with those extra Grubhub fees and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of other things, like definitely not clothes, definitely not gadgets. I think I've 
even though I've been working from home even before this, I think I've tried to update my workspace, especially now with Pat here as well. I want to kind of make this area more mine. Mm-hmm. Number two, slowing down and putting less pressure on ourselves. I think we've all experienced this to some degree. Even working from home prior to this, having everybody at home, knowing everybody's at home, knowing we're all in this together, it's been this communal experience, I think. And it's let us all reflect on what's important. Yeah, this is something that I've struggled with, mainly because there is so much time, especially when you're somebody who works in an office, when you go from that environment to working at home, there's a lot of time. And I don't think we realize it until we're working at home. There's a lot of time in your day that you kind of can't account for anymore Mm -hmm. like all of those side conversations that you would have with people at work or like if somebody had a question for you and you were like hey like let's go sit down over here for a few minutes and chat about it like those kind of organic um interactions aren't happening anymore Mm -hmm. so i had a while where i was like questioning how productive i was being and i was talking to a colleague of mine at work and i mentioned this i was like i feel like i'm having to work twice as hard to be like reach my normal level of productivity and i don't know why it is and he actually mentioned that to me he was like well there are all those moments that you would you know typically have day to day that you're not getting anymore and i think that that's true for all of us so Um, Just a reminder that we all have to be kind to ourselves because even though we've been doing this for a few months, it's still weird. It's still an adjustment. I think in that situation, I I bet it's easier to get somebody's attention if you're in an office and you can just go over to them and be like, hey, I got a quick question. Mm -hmm. Whereas online, you can send them a message, but you don't know if they're going to see it right away. Mm -hmm. If you can get in their face and be like, hey, need some help or can we talk for five minutes? Maybe they Mm -hmm. can drop what they're doing and you can pull them away immediately. But I've always felt that working from home, like it's it's very isolating working by yourself. Part of me likes it, but the other part wishes that I was surrounded by uh, by other people and I could go out and get drinks with them after go to lunch or just shoot the shit about random things throughout the day. Like I know Mm -hmm. there is a suggestion about digital coffee dates. I still haven't done that (laughs) other than the ones we've done for the podcast with the listeners. We can do one sometime, Andrew. Just let me know. Tell me when you're free. Okay, friends. (laughs) Well, speaking of that, item number three is prioritizing family and friends. This Mm -hmm. is one I've definitely experienced. Like me and my family, we've done virtual hangouts. Um, and I, I bet that will happen again. I've been invited to uh, a couple hangouts, including one from Laura that I turned down <laughs> yep. because I had the family one. But mm-hmm. you've definitely seen a lot of family and friends getting together digitally, reconnecting in ways they haven't before. We do that in the face of tragedy, don't we? That's just what we mm-hmm. do as humans. We want to connect with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of that, one thing I'm, I, I personally will do way more is... Not to say that I didn't do this before, but whenever this calms down enough to where we can casually go and hang out with friends and family in person, I'm definitely going to appreciate, appreciate that way more. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, like, that's going to be so, like, and again, like, I I used to hang out with people all the time before this, you know, hung out with my friends, you know, had game nights, you know, hung out at a restaurant, grabbed some dinner, watched a movie, Look, I'll just appreciate those times so much more now. 
you know, don't know what you have till it's gone. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And that was so common. Like we used to go and watch movies with our friends like every other weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I miss being able to go out for sushi. We have our mm-hmm. favorite sushi place right. in town. Right. I miss being able to do that and then go see a movie with everybody and then mm-hmm. like stand around outside at the theater for like 30 minutes afterwards yeah, talking about the, the movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe Snape killed Dumbledore? Whoa! <laughs> uh, <laughs> spoilers, man. Jeez. <laughs> Number four, ethical action and activism in our highly interconnected world. From Vox, people told me that the global health crisis has shown them how interconnected we all are and that they want to keep doing more for others after the pandemic ends. That's nice. Mm. They're donating more to charitable causes, trying harder to reduce their carbon footprint, and engaging in more political activism. I guess because you're home more, you just got more free time, so you're noticing this stuff more. Plus, Mm -hmm. with like the Black Lives Matter movement going on, and it's just more noticeable right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think people are predisposed to be more empathetic right now because COVID impacts everyone, right? So we've all seen some impact um, of varying degrees across the spectrum. And I think when you're living in the middle of a global pandemic that's impacting everyone, and then you see various other things happening in the middle of that pandemic that are further exaggerating the effects on certain communities, it makes it easier for people to understand now than I think it was previously. Yeah, yeah. Because imagine, you know, feeling like you need to go out and risk your health so that you can protest police brutality like Mm -hmm. huh that police brutality must be pretty bad if you feel like you need to risk covid to do that you know Mm -hmm. so i think that's what a lot of people are probably thinking right now yeah number five exercising daily i think this is a big one because Mm -hmm. everybody's stuck indoors and they're just like i need to get out or i need to move around when you're sitting on the couch all day you feel like a potato and mm-hmm. you need to do something. And, you know, we have all these great workout platforms that are that are available now. Some of them have been sponsors of the show. And then exercise bikes. Mark was quizzing me about my stationary bike behind me. I even gave a demo during today's Hashing nope. It Out. If you haven't exercised and then you start exercising, and I say this on the MuggleCast ad reads currently, you're going to discover just how much better you feel after you work out. And then you're going to get addicted to it. And that's probably what's happening. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Number six, baking, vegetarian cooking, and growing herbs. We've seen a lot of this on social media. People are baking bread. Pat's been baking bread. Um, just because they're home and they want something to do during the day, they're uh, firing up the oven. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us have been a lot more experimental with our cooking lately. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, something that I did recently is going to be my recommendation for this week's show. So I'm not going to talk about it here. Thank you Um, for following the rules. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I'm very proud of myself for it. And I'm so excited to tell you guys about it. Okay, great. Number seven, spending more time in nature. We kind of touched on this a few weeks ago. When we're stuck inside the house, you just want to get out. Uh, Pat and I, we've gone to a couple parks nearby, taking some long walks. And the nice thing about nature is you're it's easy to stay away from other people. So you still get that outdoor experience, but you don't need to be near other humans. It works out. And finally, number eight, working from home if possible. And that's ultimately, of course, going to be up to the employer. But we've also spoken about this before. Employers were very hesitant to let people work from home. 
they didn't know if if it would be as effective. Suddenly, they were forced to make everybody work from home. A lot of a lot of jobs were, and then they realized, wow, we can actually do this with people working from home. And if they stay at home, then we don't need as large as of an office space. So mm-hmm. now employers are thinking about, okay, let's do this to save money. So long as these motherfuckers keep working as hard as they were in the office. And let's be real. People don't even work that hard in the office a lot of the time. Yeah. I feel like some of this may have been true for um, colleges, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. Like they really waited until the very last minute to close your school. Mm-hmm. And then once they did, like... And as I said, like a lot of professors were like on it, like as soon as I'm there, okay, I have my a separate lesson plan specifically for this, but a lot of them just kind of were winging it. And because they were winging it, they couldn't really give the students shit. They're like, yeah, so the final's going to be whenever you have this window of time to do it. It'll be over this material. Like, and it's just, it was just super relaxed, which I was, I'm not going to complain about, you know, but yeah. at the same time, a lot of that, like I had one teacher who really, who was really trying because she's, is very clear. She's, she loves teaching, right? Like she's one of those teachers that is there because she loves teaching and she would, you know, have like video chats every day that we were supposed to have class and like answer questions for everybody and all this stuff. But there were some teachers that were like, Here's the slides. Test is next week. Deuces. And that was it. <laughs> that was, <laughs> at that point, you're just teaching yourself. So I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, I'll do it because I want to get this degree. But I mean, I'm not really I'm learning as much as I would as if I would have just Googled this stuff anyway. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this one because less people are going to have to drive to work or commute to work. So they're going to have more time for themselves during the day. They're going to mm-hmm. be throwing less CO2 up in the air. And I think people will overall be happier. That said, maybe people, I think a good balance would be having somebody come in, each employee come in one or two days a week, and then you spend the rest of the week working from home. So you're still in the office a little bit. You can check in with your boss and all that. Okay, so since we're getting kind of long, why don't we just quickly run through what we might stick with long term? I will say, while this Vox list was nice and it was touching, once quarantine ends, coronavirus goes away, I have a feeling most of us will all be slipping into our old habits because that's just what we do as human beings. (laughs) (laughs) What are some things that might stick for you long term? So something that I'm generally hoping I'll stick with long term is less Amazon. This is something I've been thinking about for a while. We all know that Amazon does not have ethical... Um, practices when it comes to how they treat their employees. Jeff Bezos doesn't pay fucking taxes. Like, I literally pay more taxes than he does. <laughs> and he's and he's rich as fuck. Um, so we've kind of had to have this reckoning with ourselves as a country, I think, about, like, is the convenience that we get from Amazon worth sort of being hypocrites? Honestly, and I think the answer to that is no. Um, That said, I think Amazon's a bit like an addiction. So I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect or that I'm going to cut it cold turkey or that I'll never order anything from them again. Um, But something that I am vowing to do is to not buy books off Amazon anymore and instead turn to supporting um, uh, small independent bookstores instead. So, but also I tend to be a fan of 
uh, actually physically going to the polls for elections because I love election day excitement. But I don't think that because I'm somebody who doesn't have trouble accessing an absentee ballot, um, I've never had a problem with them getting mailed to me. I think that it's incumbent upon me to just vote from home because I can and try to be one less person at the polls. So that's something I'm vowing to do. Uh, For me, probably a little more uh, working out at home as opposed to going to a gym. I'm going to be a little more skeptical about all the germs you can potentially get at a gym. Uh, I'm going to be way more aware of touching my face. Remember the beginning of all this? All anybody could talk about was don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. And then having a pandemic kit stored away, which isn't really related to what was discussed in the Vox article. But I'm going to have some stuff prepared in case we in case we get into this situation again. Besides those things, maybe being a little bit more in touch with my family. But yeah, I don't I'm one of these people who just I'm a creature of habit. And once this is all over, I think everything's going to be the same for me and most other people. Mark, is anything permanently changing for you? Um, I'd have to agree with you with the whole um, working out at home more like because even before all this started, there were so many days where, you know, I'd go to school have whatever errands that's run for the day, do all that stuff. And, you know, t- I turn around and it's like eight o'clock and I'm like, yeah, you don't uh, want to go back out. Yeah. I don't want to go back to the gym. And then like, because I don't have a, a, a solid home workout plan in place, like I'll just be like, Oh, I don't want to go back to the gym. Uh, I'll just move my workout to tomorrow. And then it turns into moving the next workout to tomorrow again and again until like you turn around and you didn't do anything all week. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I want to have things that like, I have set workouts in place. Like, okay, I need to do an arm workout. Boom. Like, I know what that looks like. I know what a leg workout looks like. I know what a core workout looks like. So having that in place, probably investing in a bike, like we talked about earlier. Also, um, doing better with eating what I cook. So like, I'll always like cook things and like, you know, try new recipes and then we'll have leftovers and we'll be like, okay, what do you want to for dinner? And it's like, oh, well, let's, make something else and we'll just make something else even though we already have leftovers at the end of the week <laughs> we just have a shit ton of food in the fridge that's and it's, like, oh, it's going bad now so yeah guilty of that <laughs> yeah. And, I, and i think the last thing would be just giving yourself something to do for the day like nothing nothing super high stakes you know or high stress but just Like I've been reading way more or listening to audiobooks way more. I've been researching things that interest me. Like, you know, if there's a coding language I want to learn, just Mm. be like, okay, I'm going to look up at least two things about this coding language today. Or just give yourself like little, you know, non-high stakes stakes goals for each day. Like for each day, be like, I'm going to do this. And if you don't do it your world's not going to end. It's just you didn't do your thing, but at least you had something on the books, you know? Yeah, that's cool. That, that's that's a really good one. I've been like, I want to start building Legos. I want to sit oh, down. That's fun. At a table, not look at screens and just build some damn Legos. <laughs> yeah. I, I just need to do it already. I keep thinking that's about That's really it. good to do with uh, with audiobooks. Like yeah. One, like uh, my, yeah. one of my old roommates, he would literally, like, and he worked at Starbucks. So he he had very, very stressful days, but he's like, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And what he would do to unwind is just sit at the table, sit at the kitchen table. And first he would pour out all the Legos on like all of them, all the Legos and that he has in that set. And he had like some huge sets, like, you know, those huge star Wars ones. Yeah. So he has big ones and he would just organize each Lego brick 
into its appropriate pile. And he would do that while he's just listening to an audiobook or listening to a podcast <laughs> and just relax. And he would just be yeah. so chill by the end of it. I'm like, yeah, like, I do love you, that. do you, man? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. So speaking of coronavirus, new, like I mentioned earlier, new daily cases are steadily climbing in many states, over 20. California, Texas, Florida, Georgia, Arizona, Alabama, Utah, Alaska, Wyoming, Puerto Rico, Oregon, Oklahoma, Nevada. I mean, just these sharp spikes <laughs> as the country reopens. I know you guys aren't ready to start going outside. This is definitely making me rethink the idea. Illinois is not one of the states where cases are currently increasing. They're actually on a sharp, sharp slope down. But between this and some new studies, which speak to the effectiveness of wearing masks, I have decided to wear a mask every time I'm outside. I said a week or two ago that I'm done wearing masks outside. Uh, I've changed my mind. I've evolved on this issue. And now I'm wearing my mask every time I'm outside. I have to say, you guys might understand this since you wear glasses. It's hard to wear a mask and glasses because the steam or whatever yep. fogs you up gotta, the What do you I gotta do? Pinch. Are you, what, what kind of mask are you wearing? Like I the disposable ones? Yeah. No, no. Like a cloth. So on the disposable ones, you have this, uh, you know how they have that like metal wire underneath them? Okay. Yeah. So what you do is you get those, you put them on your face, and then you just pinch, pinch it by your nose. And that keeps it from the air Going from raising up. up your glasses. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Which, I mean, I think there are some masks you can get that have kind of like rigid probably parts, yeah. you know. And you so. can also do a similar thing with... Um, cloth masks like if i'm wearing a cloth mask i put it on first and then i'll put my glasses on top of it so that they're holding it closed okay i'll have to try that again maybe maybe i'm not doing it right because i've tried that and i'm still getting all foggy up in there mm -hmm. but yeah so not perfect <laughs> anyway a new study found that masks are very effective and uh Fuck all y'all who aren't wearing one. <laughs> well, it also just pisses me off because the government spent so much time early on trying to tell us that they weren't, mm -hmm. that they didn't make a difference. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's coming out that, well, actually, if we had all been wearing masks, or at least if 80% of us had been wearing masks, it might not have gotten as bad. And if people would start wearing masks, we could stave off this yeah. next wave. Yeah. Um, but well, they're not going to. And the other problem is that wearing a mask has turned into a political issue. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. people on the right, a lot of them do not want to wear a mask. And part of the problem is the president is never seen wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. He acknowledges the CD CDC has made this recommendation, but he will not wear a mask himself. And that's important. He's got to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, if he's wearing a mask, it probably impacts his breathing. So he can't do things like run down ramps. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, that ramp was very wet on a clear, dry day. Yeah, but he also said he ran down it. And, and he, he did it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> this guy's psycho. So the CDC has also released some new guidelines for going out, some things that you should consider. They're not by any means saying don't go out, um, but there are certain things that you can keep in mind that can help to reduce your risk of exposure pretty significantly. Um, so the first one is to consider the number of people that you're going to be interacting with. Um, it's pretty plain and simple. The more people you're interacting with, 
the higher the, the higher risk it is. So really keeping your social circles pretty small if you are going to socialize in person is a good thing to do. Also, consider whether those people have been observing CDC guidelines such as social distancing, not interacting with people who've not been (laughs) observing CDC guidelines, um, wearing masks, things like that. I will straight up say we know people who are not and we know that they're not. And so we will not socialize with them. Nice. Mm -hmm. Look at you taking a stand. We we've literally said no to some people. <laughs> and you tell them why? Uh, Not like we're not like, fuck you. You're not <laughs> following guidelines. No mask, no friendship. We make it very clear. We're like, we are following guidelines and we want to make sure that we stay safe and that you stay safe. So that's the way we've been putting it to people. Mm-hmm. Um, then also um, considering whether it's an indoors or outdoors activity, obviously, Indoors is going to be a higher chance of transmission because everybody's breathing the same air. It's an mm-hmm. enclosed space. When you're outdoors, it's easier to stay farther apart from people. Again, also considering whether or not there are going to be masks or no masks involved in this activity. Is social distancing possible? And what is the activity? So some of the activities that they named as the highest risk were like going to a bar and going to a concert mm-hmm. and Basically orgies where people are going to be yelling or singing or talking loud and spitting everywhere and, and close mm-hmm. to one another. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the funny thing about masks is that by you wearing one, you're actually helping other people more than you're helping yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet people get mad when they see people wearing masks. I'm doing it to oh, help yeah. you, you butt face. I know. Yeah. And like you won't wear one. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's so many times I'll go to the grocery store and, like, I can tell any like anybody who's not wearing a mask and anybody who is wearing a mask, the people, like, and there's not, of course, not everybody who's not wearing a mask, but there's a lot of people who will give people, like, the dirtiest looks. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you would assume it's people giving, that have masks on or giving dirty looks to people who don't, but it's usually the other way around where the people who don't have a mask on is like, mm, why are you wearing that mask? And it's like, come it's on, truly man. insane. It's yeah, truly like, insane. I, I, I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, Two gays walk by Pat out here on the street, and they judge him out loud for wearing a mask. The gays! It's unbelievable. Also, I know a lot of people are avoiding flying right now because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're close to other people. It's this confined space. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's another reason to not fly. Airlines are banning alcohol on planes in response to COVID. And that's because they worry that if they serve alcohol on board, people will keep their masks down for a longer period of time to sip their drinks. Mm-hmm. Mm. This more than anything else turns me off from flying right now because I like knowing I can get a drink on board if I start getting anxious because maybe there's too much turbulence or mm-hmm. somebody on board is stressing me out. Now I can't drink on the plane? Fuck that. Yeah, that's horrible. All right. So we have some confessionals and then some bay choices that we tried to get to last week, but we ran out of time. But first, it's time for a word from Talkspace. Obviously, all of us are dealing with stress right now, whether it's the isolation, canceled summer plans, or economic stress. We all have something on our minds, and it's important to talk it out. As I chronicled on the show a few years ago, before I started therapy and receiving the help of a psychiatrist, I held in my problems, and I thought I could battle them in my own head. And of course, I was wrong. 
And after having a total mental breakdown, I finally started seeking help and it changed my life, truly. Talking helps, plain and simple. Talkspace Online Therapy is here to help you do just that. Match with a licensed therapist from the comfort of your home and get the support you need on whatever schedule works for you. Talk to your therapist 24-7 from your phone or computer and hear back daily. One month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person therapy session, but with Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist and they'll engage with you at least five days a week. It's really great. The therapists that I've worked with on Talkspace, they get back to you quickly too. That means you never have to wait to share what's on your mind. It's like texting a friend. I've loved using Talkspace even before quarantine, but it's more helpful than ever right now. So the bottom line is you deserve support and you don't have to struggle on your own. Your Talkspace therapist can be your dedicated support system there to help you feel healthier and more empowered, even in these uncertain circumstances. We all need to talk sometimes and Talkspace gives us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. Match with your perfect therapist at Talkspace.com or download the app. Use promo code M-I-L-L to get $100 off your first month and help support the show. That's Talkspace.com, promo code M-I-L-L. If you want to get into therapy, this is the best way. It's a lot less pressure having therapy sessions from home. If you don't like the therapist, no problem. You just press a button in Talkspace and they'll hook you up with another one. If you need to end therapy for any reason, no problem either. There's no long-term commitments there. So Talkspace.com, promo code M-I-L-L. A really great service. All right. So we've got a couple of confessionals here. This first one reads, I have a work crush. I've been happily married for almost 10 years, and we have a kid together. My husband is great in most regards. We don't agree on politics, so this has been a rocky year. I love him dearly. I'm attracted to him more than I can handle sometimes. And we've got a really happy life together. So I don't want this confession to come from a place of an unhappy marriage. But I have a work crush. My coworker is insanely cute and sweet. He's a good work friend, and I've known him for several years and have felt this small sense of attraction since I met him. If we talk outside of work, it's mostly in a group chat with another work friend about either work stuff or boring life events. I actively avoid getting too personal with any topic in a one-on-one conversation. I would never act on this crush or let it grow into more than that, but I still feel guilty. I imagine my husband having a crush on someone else, and it breaks my heart. But I can't seem to shake my crush, even with that thought in mind. Are crushes okay when you're in a committed, monogamous relationship? I think so. And I like that this person prefaced it with the fact that she is in a happy marriage right now. That's great. But yeah, I mean, you're seeing this person at work every day. You're physically attracted to them. You seem to get along personally as well. I kind of think of this like porn. You still love the person you're fucking, but you have other crushes. Yeah. So when you get and people into you monog- fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you're when you're in a even when you're in a monogamous relationship, your you know your attraction towards other people doesn't just shut off. That part of you doesn't die all Mm. of a sudden. I think it's perfectly natural to have attractions to people. I do think it's good that you're recognizing that you have to put up a barrier here to prevent this from turning into something 
that could be harmful to your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's a good observation that you're like, I, you know, if my husband felt this way, it would break my heart. You know, mm-hmm. it's probably not something that needs to be shared. It's okay yeah. to have secrets sometimes. Yeah. And it's, I think it's the same way how some couples like talk about their like celebrity crushes, right? Like, yeah. Like just because you're in a relationship doesn't mean that you just don't find any other person that, I mean, th- that definitely happens, right? Like, your hall pass. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so don't worry about it. Look, if it makes you happy having this little crush, if it awakens something inside of you at work, I think that's good. It makes work a little more interesting. And it makes you want to go to work. <laughs> Just don't get too close because you don't want to fall in love with them. Then then that's a problem. And it sounds yeah. like she does keep her distance. So that's good. Yeah, Keep it at arm's length. Yeah. Don't start hanging out one on one. An example of responsible social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> this benefits other things. Exactly. This next one says, I need some advice. I'm in love with my best friend. But he is straight and 10 years older than me. I'm 27. And I've noticed I've been unconsciously cock blocking him for years. Every time he brags about getting a phone number or talks about his booty calls, I get so uncomfortable and hurt. I'm not out to him. So he thinks I'm straight. I was planning on coming out to him soon, but I don't know how he will take that. And I don't want to lose him as a friend. We've been friends for almost 10 years. I'm actually sending this confessional while he is on the phone talking to his booty call debating if he's going over there after I leave. How can I get over this crush or unrequited love? Please offer any advice. I'm so lost on what to do and I don't want to feel this way anymore. I want to be vulnerable with him, but fear of rejection plagues my That's nightmares. That's tough. If you've been friends for 10 years, I think you can come out to him. If he mm. doesn't accept you after that, then he's not your friend at all. I hate to say that, but I feel that confident in that he will accept you and want to be your friend as much as he's ever been. But yeah, that's that's hard. I mean, I've been in that position. I think we all, maybe not all, but maybe some of us have been oh, unrequited yeah. love. It's the mm-hmm. worst. It's the absolute worst. If you're out to other people, I would start dating, you know, go on Tinder, go on OkCupid. You're going to find somebody else and that person's mm-hmm. going to take your mind off of 37-year-old who loves the girls. So, you know, I've been in that situation, too, where, like, you have feelings for somebody and it's unrequited. And then, you know, you need to do something to get out of it and you start dating and then you meet somebody new who's going to take your mind off of this person. And you're going to realize how much better this person is that you're actually dating because they actually do like you. So Mm -hmm. get on the market. That's my advice as well. And, And that's a good point, too, because, like, I feel like just by being human, like, you're going to want something that you can't have. So the more time you spend with somebody that for whatever reason, like, you know, whether they be straight or, you know, they just don't, they're, they just don't have those feelings for you. It's just going to make it harder because you're like, you're like putting yourself in this place where you're like, Oh, well, you know, you're it basically like you're, you're, you're exposing yourself to that, to the thing that you're attracted to over and over and over and over when right you know you can't there's going to be no movement there whereas if you do go out and date other people not saying you're going to meet somebody who you click with you know and not say that whatever relationship you get into is going to overwrite this one because you've known this person for 10 years but you can at least start growing a relationship with somebody else yeah you know yeah i would also say i think it's a great idea to start focusing on your own dating life but i think 
you also need to remember to focus on yourself, um, really investing in in time with you, like learning how to be with yourself and be okay with that. You mentioned here that you spent a lot of time unconsciously cock blocking him for years. That sounds like a lot of energy. And I'm just wondering in what ways could that energy be rerouted to do something that's positive for you? Yeah. Like, what's that one hobby that you've always wanted to take up, but you've never felt you had time for? Maybe now's the time for it. Yeah. Yep. Let's go build those Legos. And and dating, <laughs> I was going to jokingly say that too. And of course, <laughs> dating is also looking out for himself as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting in a relationship with somebody who's going to pay attention to you and love you and, and give you what you've been hoping you'd get out of 37 year olds. So I Mm. hear you. It sucks. It's a rough position to be in. But I promise you, once you start dating, even when you start talking to other people on Tinder or OkCupid, you're going to be distracted. You're going to be thinking Mm -hmm. about these shiny new people who are uh, as interested in dick as you are. (laughs) Good luck. All right. Bay choices now. Zach, who I think is listening live right now, he said, with how long you guys have been in the podcasting biz, you've seen it change a lot. Yes, we have, Zach. With (laughs) networks now and exclusivity deals like Spotify, how do you see the future of podcasting evolving? Like you mentioned, Zach, exclusivity deals, a lot of them. We're seeing Spotify originals, uh, Luminary originals. There's rumors that Apple is going to start having original podcasts. And the problem with that is that podcasts are only going to be at within certain podcasting platforms. And that sucks because the beauty of podcasting has always been you can get a podcast in whatever app you choose, and you can download it from a website if you want and load it onto your 2005 iPod. It doesn't matter. But these apps are turning into new Netflixes where there's all these exclusives to lure you over to certain platforms. And I hate that. That's not what podcasting is about. And then the other thing that I hope to see in the future... Well, this is what I actually hope to see in the future, just better software for podcasters. So many people are getting started with podcasting right now, and there's still some problems. Like, it can be kind of difficult to podcast remotely like we are right now. So if somebody can come up with some software that makes everybody sound as great as possible and make editing that as easy as possible, that Mm -hmm. would be huge. And just tools to enhance vocals, remove echo, remove remove other types of background noise, leveling out audio, all the things I deal with throughout the week. Um, there just needs to be improvements on the post-production side. And that's what I'm hoping yep, to see. Yeah, agreed with all of that. All right, this next one's from Sarah. What are some long-term quarantine projects you all got done or had plans to do that you didn't get done? I found that staying home was so much easier when I was watching all the Marvel movies, almost all for the first time, and had something to look forward to every couple of days. I feel like I had a lot of ambitious plans and then <laughs> our apartment flooded. Yeah. I will say, so like right after I found out that we were going to be working from home and schooling from home, I took that first that weekend and deep cleaned. Oh, that's like, a good idea. Bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was I mean, it took forever, but it was so nice after I did it. And my plan was to go around and deep clean everything else and it just didn't happen and of course now well, our now place is, is like it is going to be deep clean now because yeah. it's brand new yeah. <laughs> it's going to be brand new but right now it's all torn down to the studs and there's dust and shit everywhere um i did want to try and read more 
Um, Because definitely between just like work and the podcasts and life responsibilities, I wasn't doing as much reading for pleasure. Um, So quarantine has kind of forced my hand on that because I actually do have quite a bit more downtime than I used to. Yeah. Um, So I am like currently actually reading for pleasure and it's really nice. And every time I pick up my book, I'm like, ah, it's wonderful. So I'm really going to try and um, make sure that I carve out that time. How about you, Mark? I wanted to get better at or make some headway into like starting some kind of streaming or, you know, Mm. YouTube stuff. And uh, I always talked about it. And, you know, I was going to, you know, wait till I was about to be done with college and all that stuff. But this, the quarantine kind of helped me fast track that because now I need to use some kind, some streaming software to play with my friends. So I remember back, you know, before our, the inside of our condo decided to rain, um, our friend, me and a bunch of our, my friends were playing Resident Evil three and we were just playing through the game and taking turns. And we did that by having that capture card I talked about to like take the video that's coming from your HDMI cord and just put it in the computer and then share that screen. So everybody could see what I'm playing. And then everybody in our group got the same thing. So we would just switch out like, all right, it's my friend, you know, in wherever to go play. And they, they would play a certain amount, like a certain number of chapters. Then I would hop on and I would play and we would just log on to one person's PlayStation account. So it's pretty cool to like actually now I now I actually understand some of the logistics of streaming something, even though it's a very, you know, small private audience. It's kind of mm. the same, you know, you need the capture car, you need this, you need that, you know, so just getting a little bit more involved in that stuff that I want to do afterwards. I kind of kind of made me do it, basically. I sound like a broken record, but since I was working from home before this, it doesn't feel different to me. And in fact, I do feel busier in some ways because we've been doing extra stuff with the podcasts and I've been picking up more podcast editing work. I would like to read more. I would like to build Legos. I just need to be like, hey, let me play Animal Crossing for one hour less a day and Mm -hmm. actually do something else. Pauline wrote in, I've been reading a lot about how COVID will change how offices and homes are arranged with adjustments being made to the popular open concept style used in many offices and homes today. I think a lot of families who have been stuck at home for months, especially with kids, have learned that they need separate areas for work and privacy and even their own outdoor space. Offices can't really go back to everyone sitting at one long table and aisles that are meant for people to mingle. My question is, going forward, when when you are looking for future homes, will you be looking for places that offer outdoor spaces, offices? So yeah, one thing I don't like about this place with Pat also being here is that this area that I'm in right now is connected to the living room. It's not closed off. I like having my own space. I like being left alone. Sorry. Um, Not all the time, of course, but when I'm working, I want to be in my own private space. I like having that separation. And then I like going to see Pat and checking checking in with him throughout the day, of course. But I need my own space. And so, yes, my next place, I will have my own office with a door. And I can't wait. <laughs> Especially when I'm podcasting. Like, this is kind of therapy for me. I'm in my own zone, you know? I don't want to be mm-hmm. a- announcing it to the whole condo. So I'm really looking forward to having my own space. And then, yeah, outdoor spaces, that's really important, too. Like, I have a little balcony here. It's cute. 
but there's a bit busy street nearby, so it's not particularly peaceful. So I'm looking forward to being in a quieter area too. Um, but moving around into work, different workspaces throughout the day, like going to a coffee shop or going outside or sitting at the kitchen island, whatever, that can help shake up your day and keep you focused. Yeah, we so we have a, our place is a two bedroom and we just use our second bedroom as the office. We have our desks set up in there and it's really nice and if I'm podcasting, he leaves. Not all the um, time, though. Sometimes we see Mark sitting in the background. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. But he's also good at being very quiet, um, which is I, I deeply appreciate because I've had like roommate situations in the past where that was not the case. And you don't want my wrath. Lara, I'm hearing Mark <laughs> in the background. Can you please tell him <laughs> to type quieter? This is ruining our episode. <laughs> You would, too. That's how I know it's good. (laughs) I like good sounding podcasts. No, it's true. Um, But we also have a a very small backyard. And when I say very small, I mean like postage stamp. Um, But we do have a a little very small space where we can go outside. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for those, everybody who supports us at patreon.com slash millennial at the bay level. It's time now for recommendations. What's yours, Laura? Okay, so this is mine that I was so excited to tell everybody about. Mm. Um, I made this a couple weeks ago. I made homemade vegan ground beef. Air I'm quotes. Sa- I'm like doing quotation marks with beef because it's actually made from walnuts. Oh. Um, so we had a taco night a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And typically I would just get some of the Beyond Meat like meat crumbles. Mm. But I was like, I'm kind of tired of Beyond Meat. I want to try something new. And so this is super simple. You take walnuts, you grind them up in a food processor to your desired like consistency. Like if you want your your fake (laughs) meat to be like a little thicker, you'll probably grind it a little bit less, like into larger chunks, or you can grind it up into a much finer consistency. And then you add cumin, salt, um, paprika, and chili powder. And then you saute it all up. And it is surprisingly good. The consistency is great. And the walnuts just really pick up the flavor of all those spices. Um, So I was actually really impressed with the way that it came out. And nice. highly recommend it to anybody who wants to try a vegan recipe. Mine is the Lock and Key book by uh, the son of Stephen King, one of my favorite authors. And I'm, I'm reading the audiobook right now. And it's very jarring at first because it's like an audio play, kind of. So like they have sound effects and each character has a different actor or actress, you know, talking, saying their lines. But it's very easy to get lost in because they do such a good job of creating atmosphere. Like they'll have different instruments playing when certain characters speak or they'll have like, you know, a narrator that sounds like he's from like a, you know, 80s Batman movie or something like it's pretty it's pretty cool it's, it's, it was, it's a very nice escape and my recommendation this is kind of pride related as I promised dating around season two so I actually I think recommended it last year this is a Netflix original somebody goes on five first dates 
And at the end of the episode, they invite one person to go on a second date. But the fun twist of it is that there's no confessional moments like a typical dating show, like The Bachelor or something else. So you're watching and trying to you're trying to observe how the date is going. Each of the five first dates is going for yourself. And me and Pat binged the season over the weekend. It's just so much fun to kind of like talk out loud about like how the dates are going. And one episode is so cringeworthy. Um, like I was face palming so many times during the episode. But um, there's an episode with a bi woman and then there's an episode with a gay guy. So this is pride related. It's just so much fun. Uh, season one and season two are both six episodes a season only a half hour season two is set in new orleans which was very romantic Aww. so i loved that if all dating shows were this way i would watch everyone what was that dating show you were watching the one <laughs> the one in the people like yeah dated in those cubes love is or blind that oh one, man, that's another that netflix a, one right? that was it a was shit so, show yeah it was so trashy but <laughs> oh, i man. loved it this one isn't trashy it, netflix definitely has had some trashy dating shows this is not one of them this is more sophisticated for us sophisticated types so back before our you know condo went to shit one of our favorite pastimes was watching super trashy television mm -hmm. and injecting our own narrative into each show <laughs> so for that one if anybody knows like main premise people don't see anybody they don't see each other's who who they're dating until they get engaged and i injected a character into the show that was a serial killer and every time <laughs> every time <laughs> Every time you get to a next round, he would just look at the camera in a very like office kind of way and be like, one, it's one person dead, two. two. <laughs> and then you'd have the producers being like, no, Kevin, you're not supposed to kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, That's man. great. What's going on in After Dark today? Um, So Mark and I are going to provide an update on the latest with our home repair drama um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've been out of our home for almost two months at this point. I think it'll very likely be three by the time we get home. Um, so we're going to talk about what that's looked like and what to expect from insurance companies if you ever have to deal with something <laughs> like this. And then we're also going to talk about how the oldest millennials are turning 39 this year. Oh. So we're... <laughs> So we're going to talk about what feelings we have related to that. And then also some of the things that are traditionally associated with adulting. Sorry, Gen Z. Um, and, and whether or not we have done those things. She just and said it again. And if we think we're going to be able to do it by 40. Probably okay. not. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. You can listen to that at patreon.com slash millennial. If you pledge $5 or more per month, you will get access to this RSS link that you can pop into many podcasting apps. So you can listen to the main show ad free with After Dark attached to the end of it through your favorite podcasting app. Thank you, everybody who pledges at patreon.com slash millennial. We really appreciate it. We recently crossed the 700 patron milestone, which feels so good. It feels so good after all this time to have your support. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is definitely one of the things that brings us joy right now. And we hope it brings some joy to you and enlightens you. Patreon.com slash millennial. I can never remember if it's millennial or millennial show. Because our email address is millennialshow at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. Or 
visit millennialshow.com and use the contact form there. And of course, that's where we also have the confessional. And you can follow us on social media, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Mark, for being on. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Mark. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. I'm genuinely listening to that because I'm not sure I've ever actually heard the whole song. I always just hear, I'm coming out. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, there's I some other good the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the important part, right? Yeah, but apparently there's a whole song there and it sounds pretty good to me.